once upon a cult. Once upon a time, there was a dashing hero who would steal from the rich and give to the poor. Are we this talking about Robin This story's not about Hood? him. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, not you know Robin I Hood. I love Robin Hood. <laughs> I know. That's what made. That's what this made me think of. But Robin really? Hood in reverse, because he steals Hood from the reverse. poor and gives to the rich. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. Aha! <laughs> Mummy! <laughs> For those that don't know, I'm an insane, crazy Disney person. And Robin Hood happens to be my all-time favorite movie ever. And I love Prince John and how flamboyant of a villain he is. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just got Robin Hood in my Disney Heroes games. So now I Yay. can use him. But apparently he's not very good. Oh, he's great. What are you talking about? Aladdin's really good. I use him all the time. Yeah. He's my prince. He's your prince? <laughs> anyway, how was your Halloween, baby? My Halloween was great. I dressed up at work. I was Minnie Mouse. But at home, I was Misty. And my husband dressed up as Ash, and I dressed up my Zoe, who's my three-year-old husky. Um, I dressed up Zoe as a Pikachu. So, but more specifically, <laughs> Zoe was a slutty Pikachu. <laughs> she was. She was. I put a tutu on her, a little skirt, and I was like, she's a slutty Pikachu. <laughs> I thought it was a fun costume for a husky. <laughs> So I was at work, and mm-hmm. your your friend Joanna, who I yes. work with, was like, Victoria went as Minnie Mouse to work. I was like, oh, that's so basic. And she's it like, really, that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yep, it was a basic costume. That was, like, I think the only thing I had last minute that would have been, like, work appropriate. <laughs> so I was like, I'm Slide. just going to wear this. <laughs> I pulled out all my I keep all my Halloween costumes because I love Halloween and costumes and so I was going through all my old costumes and I don't have a lot that that fits me anymore so I'm like oh okay now I'm limited on my options and of the options Minnie Mouse was the one that was most work appropriate <laughs> okay yeah um, I went as the Hamburglar, and <laughs> I didn't realize it till it was too late, but Anthony, my boyfriend, dressed like your ex-boyfriend, the Grimace. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I saw it on your Instagram, and I loved it. I was like, oh no. <laughs> I was really hoping you guys would have gone through McDonald's, like through the drive-thru or something. <laughs> You know, we kept meaning to do that. You should have, and then just been like, why did you pull up to the window and make a finger gun? Put them up. Eh, Give me your burgers. (laughs) Give me your burgers. Meh. Is that what the hamburger even sounded like? No, he doesn't make a voice, (laughs) but that's just the voice I do for him. (laughs) (laughs) Meh. Meh. Give me your hamburgers. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we we didn't dress up. We are so off topic right now. We didn't dress up on Halloween itself. We went no. to the Haunted Hayride. Okay. That's fun. How was it? It was good. I've seen it better in past years, but it was fun. Yeah. What was better last year's? 
Um, just the other years, like, they went bigger with it, I think. They had mm. more people. They had bigger rooms. Like, it was just cooler. I see. Okay. I didn't do any fun, spooky stuff this year. And I'm sad because normally I like to do that kind of stuff. and Like, Dark Harbor and... Uh, un- like all those universal type things that all the fun stuff we have in October here, you know, because there's a lot of stuff to do. I know you oh, do girl, a lot too. I had too. you covered. I ha- I did Universal, I did Knots, and I did Dark I Harbor know. this year. I did a pumpkin patch. <laughs> that was it. Wow, and you were brave enough to say I that d- on a recording. I did. I did. Wait, I well, it was a Hello Kitty pumpkin patch. Okay. Okay. All right, let's get into our Mankind United, which is not a gay cult. It's not. (laughs) 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 Well, all right, well, do you want to go ahead and start the story of Mr. Arthur Bell? Sure. So Mr. Arthur Bell, he, just to kind of give a quick rundown of his life, he grew up very poor. He grew up... um, mostly during the Great Depression, Mm -hmm. and he didn't have the best education because he was very poor. So he almost kind of looked down on people who had education and was almost like he wanted to stick it to the man. Like, I can be just as successful, and I don't got to know educations. Yeah, I think a a part two is um, the the time frame with this cult because this cult is – Unique in in the sense that it's an older cult. So I think that's something we should talk about too, because this cult was kind of established in the in the 30s is when it's kind of started taking off, um, which you know is is much older than a lot of the other cults that we know about. So I think research with this one for me, I know, was a, a little bit harder, just because I couldn't mm-hmm. really find much about his childhood. Um, but it's interesting, though, that he still had that, like, mentality of wanting better and being in this time frame of where, where he was, like, growing up poor and seeing this and then seeing people become rich, too, because he also grew up in the time of, like, the industrial era. And, or, right? Yeah, he grew up in the industrial era, which really set the stage for... Certain people, like Ford Motors, for example, mm-hmm. became very rich off of an invention. So you had a select few getting very rich, but the poor were getting poorer and working right. harder. And working much, much harder. Yeah. So I, I think he saw this and was like, what the heck? And he, he, one, I think he saw that he wanted it. And then two, I think he saw how unfair it felt being you know i think he was able to see both sides of things does that make sense Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah like you said it started in 1934 is when we start seeing arthur's rise to prominence except for his people didn't know him as arthur he gave all kinds of different crazy (laughs) names (laughs) he did (laughs) and Uh, not only that uh but he also um he never said he was the leader. Right. I don't think he thought of himself as a leader. Okay, so when he really starts to get a lot of followers is between 1936 and 1938, Bell published a book called Mankind United. Yes, and so and that's where we get our, our name 
of yep. for our cult here is Mankind United. Even though it did end up changing eventually, Mankind United is what was initially how he started. Um, and right. his book was basically like this this promise to people. Um, he, it talked about, of course, like their beliefs, but it was kind of the promise of this utopia and all the things that they, they would achieve um, once they met their goal of 2 million people. Uh, or 200 million people. Yeah, 200 Sorry, million. Sorry, not 2 million people. 200 million people needed to buy copies of Mankind United and become members um, before they can all reach the utopia. But basically his book outlined what the utopia would be. And it, it was, you wouldn't work more than four hours a day, four days a week, eight months a year. And you would earn a salary at the time of no less than $3,000 a year. <laughs> and you would also be given a home um, at the time valued at $25,000. Uh, <laughs> equipped with radio, television, unlimited motion pictures, and an automatic vocal type correspondence machine. I think that's a phone. <laughs> the homes would also be equipped with automatic news and telephone recording equipment. So he was already like outlining this like commune kind of. And like, okay, I'm going to build these houses. I'm going to get these people to want to live in this, this kind of a lifestyle. And he did a pretty good job because more than 14,000 Californians thought it sounded pretty good and at that point joined up with the cult. So he really did work hard to gain a following during that time frame. Right. Should we talk about kind of <laughs> the sponsors and that belief? Yes. Can we please talk about sponsors? Why didn't anybody think this man was crazy? Because the sponsors, do you want to tell, explain what the sponsors were? <laughs> yeah. And this, you're right. To me, this sounds like, you know, when you're a little kid and you're like, oh, and then this happened, and then there was this group yeah. of people, and that, you know, he just, like, made up all this stuff, but I guess at that point in time, in the 30s, mm -hmm. people weren't as exposed to that, maybe, and they were just so hopeful for yeah. a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. And then I think, too, that with him and his, uh, his little men, um, <laughs> we almost are getting into, like, the space kind of era in the 50s because we're we're in the late 30s almost 40s i i think that maybe the ideas are starting to formulate you know what i mean that's true because i think that so, i think aliens kind of took off in the 50s was when they kind of were like whoa we know all know about aliens now but i'm sure there's people that thought things before yeah so the story with the sponsors is Bell said he established contact with a superhuman race of little men with metallic heads <laughs> who dwell in the center of the earth and that the little men called the sponsors told the human men that they wanted to help eradicate war and poverty from the earth. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> How did this little... I'm wondering... How did the little men in the center of the earth get out to come and talk to him? Um, How did they, they communicate? Had, they had telephones, duh. Oh, That's why every home oh, was going to have a telephone. the automatic telephocal type <laughs> yeah. correspondence machines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we can communicate. 
communicate with the little center of the earth men. <laughs> that makes sense. All right. Yep. Okay, Arthur, you got me. I'm, I'm in. <laughs> and just to kind of really bring this idea home, like Bell, Arthur Bell later claimed that he had a ray gun that yes. he could knock people's eyeballs out from miles away. Thousands of miles away. Not just like... I'm a mile away. I'm going to shoot you with my ray gun. No, 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 no. I could be across the world, like on the other side of the globe, and I can blow shit up because the little men in the center of the earth gave me this power. It's so funny. I know, but it's like, how did he have so many people like buying into this? Right. Like 14,000 Californians all read this book and thought it sounded good. And they flocked to join the cult and they gave him tons of money. Can we just talk about that for a minute too, the money? Because he was, he had tons. At the time, like in the 40s, he ended up with 3.4 million in assets, which included Mm -hmm. six hotels, five restaurants, Santa Monica's Cerrito Beach Club and a cheese factory. Not a cheesecake factory, but a cheese factory. So he wasn't doing mm-hmm. that great. <laughs> wow. <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> what do you think would have happened if he were alive today and he said, I have a ray gun that can knock people's eyeballs out? What if somebody stood up and was like, Well, I have a force field that protects me <laughs> against ray guns that knock people's eyeballs out? I like your Toy Story <laughs> reference. <laughs> I caught that. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> well, we did talk about how much I love Disney, which you do too, obviously, because I feel like you know this stuff too. You just know quotes Duh. off the top of your head. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think it's it's interesting that he started the cult in '34, and mm-hmm. not until 1942, when the FBI became interested in the cult. Um, and they arrested him, that's when people finally learned that he was the leader, not just the spokesperson. Right. Well, yeah, he wasn't just the voice, which is what he referred to himself as. Right. And he ended up serving some time um, for, for his crime. And nobody knows really what happened after that. Um you know, membership obviously kind of fell, dwindled away. And at its core, less than 100 people ended up still following Mankind United. And they ended up settling uh, in one of their old home, ranch homes because they had built the commune, too, by this point. So Right. His and utopia. they started going, <laughs> they started going under Church of the Golden Rule. Yeah. They were they did that though to tax or to avoid taxes. (laughs) (laughs) He was just shady. He was just a con man all around. Because he took everyone's money. Right, but what kind of scares me, I was Mm -hmm. thinking about this the other day, because you know, we mentioned that there's that show that said culture on the rise. When Mm -hmm. I think about our economy i feel like we are kind of in that shaky economy and we talked about one of our other cults where um 
the generation got brought up by the baby boomers so they basically saw their parents doing well but Mm -hmm. then their generation had a lot of issues had a lot of money issues and were resentful of their parents success and a lot of them turned more towards like spiritual finding themselves and drug use and things like that and I kind of feel like we're in that environment again I think so too I was totally thinking the same thing because I look at I I had this thought literally an hour before we started recording today. I was looking through my Instagram feed and now all the things that I follow and all the various accounts that I follow are a lot about self-improvement. Um, some on a, not just on a spiritual level, some on like a spiritual, but more, it's not even, I think, spiritual anymore I think it's more about people motivating each other just to be the best versions of themselves they can be like that's a lot of the accounts that I follow but excuse me but it is all I I feel like connected to to kind of a following so I feel like I'm a follower of this lifestyle but I don't know what you would label it as does that make sense yes it does but I feel like it's like that with all these subcultures that that you create because people I think now due to social media are able to create their own subcultures like if you have a specific thing that you're into or interested in then like Disney for example um, I follow on Instagram just tons and tons of different Disney accounts just because I like looking at the the culture that is Disney you know the the parks the rides the the clothing and you know that's just one thing that I follow but it's an example does that does that make sense yeah it makes sense okay (laughs) I didn't know if I was just (laughs) rambling on like a crazy person or what (laughs) you do that all the time I really do (laughs) but yeah I think I'm in I'm in a a Disney cult I'm in a keto cult I'm in self self self-help cults I don't know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm in a lot of cults on on social media. <laughs> I think I'm in a polyamory cult. I'm in a Disney mm-hmm. cult. I'm in a Marvel cult. I know I'm you're in a, in a Pokemon, Pokemon cult. cult. <laughs> ah, you beat me to it. <laughs> That's funny though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and I, I've noticed, you know, um, you know, when Chris and I were married, mm-hmm. you got to see this firsthand, but. It was very similar to this, I think, because yeah. he was feeling very lost. He, We didn't have a lot of money, and he mm-hmm. joined the um, thing where you sell stuff. You sell leadership materials to people and different items. And it was also like a therapy-type group for them, right? Like, Yeah. Yeah, because I know he – I remember you and I started spending a lot more time together because I was single at the time, and we worked together. And he was always – having you know he would he was there a lot he was there many days so you and I would have dinner together or whatever you know but Mm -hmm. because he was there maybe what three to four nights out of the week yeah it started being a lot and it it Mm -hmm. really upset me when we were supposed to see one of my favorite bands and he had to cancel last minute and you went with me and it has a great time (laughs) we did have a great time you ended up spending the rest of the week in my bed (laughs) (laughs) Yep, pretty much. I just think it's sad, though, that when there's tumultuous times, Mm -hmm. um, tumultuous, that's a good word, Mm -hmm. um, 
the cult yeah. leaders <laughs> and society in general always picks on the poor and basically just makes the poor poor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I think, though, that overall there can be, you know, balance with both good and bad. You just need to make sure that you are paying attention to what you're following on social media and whatnot and make sure it fits in with what you, you truly do believe and feel, you know. Right, and just make sure to protect yourself. If people yeah. are asking for money, make sure to look into what it's going towards. Yeah, I, I feel like we should do, like, uh, what's that redneck guy that does a you might be in a, or, like, we can do, make that joke. Like, he says you might be a redneck if. <laughs> 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 All right, checklists were, like, you might be in a cult if. <laughs> right. If you're giving out money, you might be in a cult. <laughs> <laughs> If you move to a commune, it might be a cult. So just be careful on your social media accounts, guys. <laughs> yeah, because I think a lot of people don't realize that they're in a cult at first. Actually, I'd say well, no, probably I don't most think, of them. Yeah, I think most people do not have any idea that they're joining a cult. Because you have to understand, too, or realize, too, I think a lot of these cults that start they start with good intentions. Like, even Mankind United, if you look at it, it was this man who saw social injustices and the divide between the wealthy and the poor, and I think that's where so much of his bitterness and inspiration came from, is, mm -hmm. you know, making people not feel that divide and wanting to kind of bring balance. So I think people start these cults and join these cults with the best of intentions. You know, because we haven't had one cult yet where it was like right off the bat, we're going to start preaching some crazy shit and mm -hmm. beating people and you join. Like, no, that's that's not how it happened. Yeah, I even have one friend at work who has agreed to do the show, actually, oh, eventually. Uh -huh. He um he got sent to rehab and <laughs> that was the gateway into the cult. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Because I feel like in rehab, you do have to go through a lot of therapy. And mm -hmm. with your husband, his cult was also based on a therapy type session, right? Yes, exactly. So that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Therapy is a cult. <laughs> wow. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we think everything's a cult now. <laughs> mm-hmm. So just a quick announcement before we wrap up and close. Um, this is the next to the last episode of season one. So we have one more episode coming to you next week. One more. So exciting. Yeah, I feel. We, yeah, too. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> go ahead. I was just going to say I'm really excited to get finished up with our first season of some of the more famous cults and we're not going to announce it today but we do have a surprise so our our seasons we decided we're, we think we're going to theme them here and this first season was all kind of about the bigger cults um but next season is going to be something else new and exciting and you'll have to listen to next episode to find out what season two is going to be based on 
speaking of next episode, so for our <gasps> grand season finale, yes. all right, Greece, tell me right? more. Tell me <laughs> That's more. That's exactly what I thought when I said it too. I was like, wow. <laughs> Like, does she have a car? No, that's not that's not right. She didn't have the car. He had the car. <laughs> right, he had the car. Um, we're actually going on location to the old Manson Ranch what? to bring you information about Charlie Manson. <gasps> yes, that's gonna be exciting. So we're gonna actually hike out there because it's in LA, and you can go to the Manson Ranch. So we're gonna take lots of pictures and post pictures on our Instagram. Um, you'll see us all sweaty and hikey like and exploring mm. um, the area out there. Ugh. I've watched a video about it. There's like caves and stuff and people would hide in the caves and whatnot. So it's going to be a really interesting trip and we'll post um, videos and pictures on our Instagram. So if you're not following us already, make sure to follow us at Once Upon a Cult and uh, look for our photos next week ish for uh for charles manson's ranch because that'll be fun girl are we gonna get killed maybe that'll be i'll fine. bring i'll bring pepper spray okay <laughs> that'll do it <laughs> <laughs> you know he's not there anymore right it's yes fine. <laughs> i know he's he's dead <laughs> he's dead do you remember when he died and everybody was like r.i.p marilyn manson <laughs> I loved your music, but they were like, did you see all that? No, just me. No, I didn't. Oh, it was so stupid. There was all, The day Charles Manson died, everybody thought Marilyn Manson had died. And so they were treating, like, tr- tweeting like, RIP, like you were an inspiration, <laughs> like all these things that they thought they were t- telling Marilyn Manson. That's so bad. I know. <laughs> terrible oh all right well enough manson talk for now but we'll be back next week with more manson all right see you then bye bye